0: all right guys welcome to another episode of the high octane hour i'm james i'm kuba oh wait i'm kuba i'm james and with us today we have solicitor samir banger uh not only is he fighting the good fight against um perhaps unjust legislation in new south wales but he's a purveyor of fine dress and custom tie knots and he's pretty (laughs) damn strong good to have you samir uh doesn't mind a lift.
1: Thank you for having me on. No, yeah, definitely don't mind a lift. In fact, I think basically everyone should be lifting, regardless of age. That's that's just a very subjective opinion, but it's good for everyone.
0: And um, you just got off a you just got off a bit of a training session, didn't you? You were telling us before.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. Like today was a very easy, light session. I'm going to try and hit 200 on the deadlift tomorrow. So. The plan is to really hit a PR tomorrow, I haven't hit 200. I keep getting close and missing out, so I really want to get to that. So I basically need to warm up, and hopefully tomorrow I manage to get there.
0: What's that, sumo or conventional?
1: Look, for me, I've got really long legs, so basically spider legs as people call them. So I have this issue with doing it conventionally, I just can't get down far enough. So I'm either halfway between sumo or conventional, or more sumo. Sumo seems to suit me a bit better, but I don't mind going into the middle if that makes sense
0: no yeah you're not an elitist
1: no definitely not yeah. Any
0: yeah you're not anti or pro any stance at the moment that's good
1: 100%, that's actually a very good way to put it yeah Agreed. yeah
0: that's it you just you just it's um it's an information thing you know you're just going by biomechanics what makes sense
1: well that's it i've injured myself before doing stupid things pushing too hard doing it the wrong way like especially in people You'd get the gym bros that would tell you, look, no, you have to go right to the ground. You, you have to lift conventional. And quite frankly, for me, that was stupid. It just doesn't work. Then when you actually speak to people who are in the know and speak to the right people, personal trainers, biomechanics, well, mechanics, they tell you, no, mate, you just can't do it. So when I clued up to it, I fixed my issues up. And now I know where I need to stand and, quite frankly, I had to listen to my body in the sense that I'm not going to repeat the same mistake I've made in the past. And that's what it's all about.
0: And Samir, so you've um, – how long have you been strength training for, bro? I saw I saw on your page you you just hit 190 and you've been doing like uh, strongman stuff like the Atlas Stones and things like that.
1: Look, properly, when I first started my journey, when I was a bit younger, it would have been early 20s at that point, I just – I was more into the cardio side, into running, which was uh, very different because I played rugby and a couple of other sports back in high school. So then I just dropped a ton of weight. I became ultra lean or skinny, I should say, not even lean. And then I flipped it. So properly started weight training, probably mid-20s, but actually touching weights, earlier 20s, but I wasn't doing it properly. Yeah, So I didn't really get on the proper going weight until mid-20s, to be honest. And that's that's just a fault of my own because I didn't know what I was doing. And I was just listening to or figuring it out from a couple of Google searches.
0: Yeah, man. Well, that's good. Well, James the other day was working out pretty hard. He was um he did the uh Rockford step test. I don't even know what that is. Oh no, the Queen's Queen's College step test. Right, right. Yeah. So it's a step basically you you step up and down off a step for about a minute 30, is it or 3 minutes? Right. So that's basically a marathon for James. Yeah, great. Uh I think his resting heart rate got up to about 1 158. Yeah, so he was basically sprinting just trying to walk up and down stairs. But that's okay, that's James. Interesting.
2: Have you um, have you ever dived into the world of uh, martial arts? Has that ever been your thing?
1: Look, I haven't personally. It's not that it hasn't been my thing. I just haven't really. Oh, sorry, I no, take that back. When I used to, I oh, would have been about 10 at the point, my parents put me into one, into, I think it was a Taekwondo, me and my brother both. But the dilemma was my parents both worked. They had restaurants. So there was a limit to what we could do. So by that point, we had to start going there. So it didn't become permanent. I think it was for about six months or so. And quite frankly, I think I'd be better at it now than I was then. A little bit of mental maturity as well, I think, would assist greatly. At that point, I probably wasn't ready for it. And I genuinely feel that. So I'd love to go into it again.
2: You it's should right uh, training the right people. Maybe some jiu-jitsu, bro. Yeah, pick up jiu-jitsu. Heaps of good schools around now.
1: It's, it's growing quite a bit, isn't it? Especially with the MMA craze. And look, I think... With this type of stuff, it's true fitness. It's genuine fitness. You're actually agile. You're not just and this is the one thing with weights. If you just lift weights, you might be strong, but are you actually agile? Is it? It's arguable, but there is that side of you.
0: Speaking of fitness, um, what do you make of? um, I just saw something that I think did it pass today, or I saw you speaking about it. Something to do about gyms when they open up. Um, they will require, I think this is on October the 1st, they're aiming for, but they will require people to be double vaxxed to use them?
1: Yeah. So basically, this applies to gyms and a few other, it's basically everything effectively. If you're not double vaxxed, you can't get your hair cut, you can't go to the parlor, you can't go to the gym. I think it's the same for everything. But in, if you look at specifically gyms, that's correct. Now, the fitness industry happens to be an industry where obviously, one, people take their health quite seriously. So, it's probably obviously the industry where it's going to be a significant amount of pushback on certain things, but basically that's right. I think it's, it might be the middle of October, but either way, it's coming soon. And if you're not double vaccinated, you can't work out and can't go to the gym, which seems to be counterintuitive to me. The whole point of going to the gym is for mental and physical fitness. Now you're telling people they can't go who have been stuck in their homes for what, how many, about three months by that point, if not a little bit longer, it's just stupid. And based on what that's, arguable too but look man I I hate it. I think it's I think it's mandated, government mandated discrimination in my opinion.
2: How do you, legally, how do you think that sits with you?
1: Well I think it's I think it needs to be challenged and fast. The longer we leave something in the harder it is to challenge. Because at the moment, right, there's a number of different ways to look at this. Some people say it's unconstitutional, it's a breach of you know, human rights, which I think it's definitely a breach of human rights. But there's arguments that may not succeed, but at the bare minimum, in both in the Act here, the Public Health Act here, or even in other states, there's the issue of proportionality. Whatever the measure is has to be proportionate to what they're actually, you know, to the issue at hand, so say COVID or Delta strain. What they're doing is they're opening it up to people who are vaccinated and saying, well, this is proportionate effectively, so we think it's necessary. We, we're going to argue that's not the case. So legally, this is an argument that should be had and needs to be had, and we're basically on the verge of having it. We're just waiting for the exact policy to come out in writing because they don't tend to do that until a couple of days beforehand. I think that's to throw people off. I think it can be challenged on a number of grounds. And that's what our plan is, especially when you have a whole, the whole industry or a strong part of the fitness industry that's going to stand up and say, this is not okay. So I believe we stand a good chance of succeeding.
0: Um what, what uh, doesn't make sense to me is, look, I understand the whole shutdown thing because, yeah, look, there can be a lot of people in a small space when it comes to a gym. Um, but what I what I don't understand is if you're worried about people's health, um, you, you need to be promote, promoting a healthy, active lifestyle. Um, not only have I not seen that at all from the government or on the news, for example, I don't turn on the TV and see... Hey guys, make sure you're getting 30 to 45 60 minutes a day. Go for a walk, do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, make sure you're getting 8 hours of sleep to protect your immune system. Not only don't I see that um like bottle shops are considered an essential service. So it's like what why like you're burning the candle at both ends, you're stressing everyone out, you're not letting people exercise and then hey, by the way, yeah, just drink some alcohol, lower your immune system. I just I don't understand it at all
1: becomes a cycle, a vicious cycle at that point. So they're making money off you still because you're paying high taxes on alcohol and obviously cigarettes as well for people who smoke and look there's people who are quite fit who smoke as well. But even if you're not, right, you can't – I can take this a step further. One of my mates was going for – he started off running with one of his mates at one of his local parks. This isn't an LGF concern, by the way. The police targeted him for not wearing a mask, a bunch of other crap. He had a stat deck, all official – By the way, this guy's a lawyer too, so he knows what he's talking about. The police at the end of it, when they realised they couldn't get in, they told him he was lucky. He was lucky that he has the ability. The the mandate gives him the ability to exercise or to have recreational time. So what you guys are saying, saying here is taken to a whole new level. He's apparently lucky to be allowed to exercise. At what point are we lucky to be allowed to exercise? You think, not just think, you know that's a necessity for any human being. Sorry, man, what were you going to say?
0: No, no, go on. Um, <clears throat> Sorry, you brought up, uh, you said stat deck. Can you explain that to us?
1: So when you don't, if you have a mask exemption in New South Wales, this is, this doesn't apply to other states necessarily. You need to prove that, that you, you have an exemption, whether it's statutory declaration stating your condition, but you can't wear a mask, or a doctor's letter or doctor's certificate stating the same they require proof which you need to show to the police according to the public health mandate. So that's what I mean. He had that, he showed it, he was legitimate. They couldn't get him for that. Not to mention he was also running at the point anyway. But that's what they hit him on. And in that case, he was doing everything above board, everything by the mandate as it is. And he was still hit with that sledge at the end when the police officer realised he couldn't actually find him for anything.
0: So um, this brings me to another point what do we do um, obviously there's things like the privacy act that I, that I would love to get into but how do we address coppers because uh, they've been put in a terrible spot and I think it's it's our leaders are to blame for this not only have people who have chosen to take the vaccine or chosen not to take it divided and fighting but people are fighting with coppers as well and um, how do we how do we deal with these coppers who are just, They probably, a lot of them think they're doing the right thing. A lot of them might not. A lot of them might just be trying to do their job. Um, But, you know, they don't always know the law or like 100%, you know, and they try to find you and this and that. And how do we deal with that sort of thing?
1: Look, firstly, as you said, not every copper is going to be doing the wrong thing, right? And the majority of them, I'm sure it's a majority of them, are doing the right thing, or at least they think they're doing the right thing. This is government mandated and this is why I feel bad for them. I'm in touch with police officers on my Instagram and not just that. I've spoken to a couple, whether it's here or Melbourne, also WA, who don't think what's happening is right. There's a number of police who don't like what's going on, but then there's always the one that I'm going to say they're there for control, who do enjoy a bit of control. And having been on the other end of it, I've seen it myself. So there's good and bad in everything, just like lawyers, doctors, police officers and everything else, man, like even in the fitness industry, I'm sure we see good and bad. So we always need to address that, but this isn't, it shouldn't tarnish every single person. The dilemma is a lot of what I do and because of my job, I do see a lot of the bad and I do hear about a lot of the bad. I've not just dealt with it through work, but even personally, like I said, but when it comes to dealing with them, it's about respect. The problem is when you don't get that respect back, and I saw a video today, which I think has gone viral now, about a gentleman who wasn't wearing a mask. Cops arrested him. They ended up calling for backup rather than calling an ambulance when he had effectively a heart attack from what I understand. Stuff like that doesn't look good, but it does tarnish the reputation of other police officers around. Mm-hmm. Where I'm sure the majority of police officers would have called the ambulance and they probably wouldn't have tried to keep cuffing him when they know what's going on. He's not be running away when he's having a heart attack at that point, right? But ultimately, respect is a big thing. Just like it doesn't matter what anyone's view on this is, to the limit that I can, I will try and respect their view, hear them out, even if I don't agree. I don't want to be a hypocrite when I say the other guys or people on the other side should be listening to us, and likewise, I shouldn't be I shouldn't be doing the wrong thing either. But when it comes to police, there's a limit to how much people can take, and right now a lot of people feel that the police are now even if it's under duress so to speak they're doing the wrong thing so I've had people comment to me and a number of people say this why don't they just strike and say we're not going to do it I know the cops have mortgages and families and stuff as well they don't want to bite the hand that feeds them but that's what people are saying they're saying ultimately don't the rights of everyone overrule that and that's a hard one because it's very subjective or relative to that person so respect goes a long, long way. And I've heard people rattling off their constitutional rights as a police officer. And I've seen police officers do great with it. They just listen. but They keep doing what they need to do. And I've seen police officers say, look, the mandate says I need your ID. Just give me your ID. Tell me your name and you can go. And people not wanting to do that. But I also understand why people don't want to give their ID to the police when they've just gone for a stroll and been caught up in something, forgotten their mask and the cop is asking for their ID. Police do have discretion as well, and they can apply that at their will, unless there's obviously a senior officer with them. Some do it really well. Some don't do it well. But ultimately, I would never want to – you don't want to start off on the wrong foot. I think if they do approach you, yes, you need to ask them why if they don't tell you. If they ask, say, for example, you're not wearing a mask, ask for your statutory declaration or your certificate as much as – I understand people's issue and the privacy act dilemmas around that. At this point, I just wouldn't... I don't think it's necessary to fight them about that. I think the fight is at a bigger level. As you guys said, it's the government that's screwing us around at this point. They're the ones that are doing it. And these police officers, I'm pretty sure a lot of them don't want to do it. But some people will take that line and do it anyway, right? So that's also their prerogative. In the end, especially if police officers ask them several times, I have one gentleman where... didn't have a mask, he had an exemption, coppers asked him six different, this is at the same train station, mind you, six different coppers came up to him and asked him, so the sixth time he said, I'm not showing you, I've shown five other officers. I get his point of view, how many times does he have to show it, and arguably, he thinks that it was done on purpose. So, the problem is, there's two very different sides to this, if not way, way more than two. There's a number of different opinions, and police, sorry, the public is just fed up with what's going on. And they feel the police are now protagonizing them, some rightly, some wrongly. So that's why they're a bit upset. I wish it didn't get to this point, but again, I think you guys are right. They have been put in this position of difficulty. Some relish it, some don't, but ultimately they could also use discretion. So both sides could deal with this better. Respect from one, but also the police could use a little bit of discretion and go, hey guys, I get it, I get you going to show me, but come on. You know if you show me, I'm just gonna let you go. And on the flip side, if they see someone that's forgotten to wear their mask, they're outdoors, for example. Hey buddy, look, mask, I get it. Just pop it on, yeah? Something like that. Mm. Respect goes both ways. That's my opinion.
2: So when when do you have to provide your eye? because I've heard many things like you only have to provide ID to a police officer if you're driving a motor vehicle or a crime's being committed. How, how true is that?
1: Look, that used to be true, but under the mandate, you now have to provide your ID. Right? And that's how the government has given the police the ability to ask. And that's why some of the arrests have been occurring, because then when you look at, I think section Section 99, I can't remember, I think that's the section, they're using that and saying, well, we have the right to ask for ID, you're not asking for ID, so we're going to apply. We're going to arrest you to stop you committing a further offence and because we couldn't identify you properly. That's what they're using. Again, this is my opinion. This is what police officers told me, but from my knowledge of LEPRA, which is the act that covers what they do, that's what I think is happening. But this is a problem because again, it's a mandate and they have power from this mandate to ask for ID in certain circumstances, such as if someone's breached the Public Health Act and that's why they ask. And then someone doesn't give them their ID they obviously move on to the next step, and this goes back to what you guys were saying before as well, where we just came from. That if there's consistent rebuttals from this person, the police officer then might go, "Screw this, we're just going to arrest you, and we'll do mm. this at the station." And it just carries on; the situation exaggerates.
0: I guess, um, yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, don't take your frustrations out on the police. Like, we're all we're all dealing with this shit, you know. Like, it's it's hard, but um. It's it's at government level, and um, let's just get on with it. I think, um, sorry, James, want to say something?
2: Uh, Yeah, so uh, we only touched on it briefly earlier, um, but what are your thoughts on, like, throughout the lockdowns, how they've completely shut down gyms, but the bottle bottle shops are open?
0: How do you think they justify that? Well, it's a money thing, obviously. Money
1: thing, yeah. I think it's a money thing. That's my opinion again, but I think it's a money thing. There's a lot of bottles, taxed quite heavily, same as cigarettes. And imagine if they shut that down. There is – look, you could probably – you can still order online, don't get me wrong, and other things you can still order online. But in my opinion, it's money. The other thing is there's a mandate. New South Wales says you can't browse, right? You're not meant to browse. But when you go to Dan Murphy's – now, I personally don't drink, but uh, my father does, my family does, so – they do. I bought alcohol from them, and when I actually saw Dan Murphy's, it was smashed. There was no social distancing. Going wow, on. people were chatting to everyone. The, the it was full of people. It's
0: so the new hangout, full
1: of people, exactly. That man, the best protest would be at Dan Murphy's. <laughs> Dan Murphy's <laughs> let's go, let's go, boys. Alcohol. We'll just wear the right shirts and we're good to go. Yeah, the boys, so ridiculous. Well, I look, I Again, I'm not against alcohol. People who drink responsibly, obviously, don't get smashed at home, especially right now. It's not good for your mental health either. But when, as you said, fitness is closed, even one-on-one sessions, there are fitness trainers who are scared to run one-on-one sessions. You obviously can't leave your areas if you're in LGAs of concern. It's hard, man. And you'd think if you could do that, at least you'd be addressing or leaving people some avenue of dealing with their stress or dealing with issues they're having. The other problem is when you're stuck at home, and I don't mean this in a bad way. If you have a partner, you might have a couple of issues here and there, but you both go to work, you have some time apart, but then you're stuck at home all the time together. Tension builds. You have those issues as well. And this is why, I guess, family law comes up too and why you have more tension. And I guess that also leads to the mental health side of it as well. There's a number of issues that occur from locking people up and putting them in lockdown. And rather than being slightly more lenient and saying, okay, you can do this, they're like, no, 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 you can't do that. I'm happy if they're not happy, but I think it'd be reasonable if the gym was limited to, it's a huge gym limited in numbers. Give people a maximum number of time or allotment of time that they can go work out. Look, jujitsu, you'd probably have to limit it even more. And maybe you'd have to arguably not have proper sparring at this point, but you can still go do whatever other types of training you do that can be done singly. Or maybe there's other things you could look at. That's something that a medical expert would have to say. But there are things you can do that are reasonable rather than saying, all right, let's lock down, but we'll let you go to Dan Murphy's fellows and ladies, or <laughs> you can even go to Bunnings and browse there too because that's fine. So anyway,
0: well, unless you have a power pass. So <laughs> if you're a trader with a power pass and cash, come come on down. Um, there you go. Have a snag, hang out, and then go to Bunnings. Go to our Dan Murphy's after work.
1: And the best part is, I'm sure they they don't care about social distancing. There, yes, they do when you're coming in, but once you're in, what do they do? In the first lockdown, I will say they had people policing the aisle, so to speak. But now it's like, oh, you're wearing a mask, I guess, so you're fine. You can go hug anyone, basically. We don't give a shit. You can go have a conversation, which I think is fine personally. But you can't. You're stopping everyone else except these people who were there. Or again. Mate, I can meet out at Dan Murphy's. We can probably do this podcast at Dan Murphy's and get away with it. Just Fucking say we're buying nice. bottle of stockage and we can just do it there. It would be sweet. We could do it in person.
0: What do you What do you think about this um, exercise restrictions cut down to one hour of outdoor exercise?
1: Look, it's it's nearly impossible to police. You just have to be careful that no one's watching you at that point. But I also think it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, I've, I've seen it in,
0: in Bankstown. Um, we'd be at the park, me and my missus doing pad work or whatever, running around um, and there'd be choppers. There'd be a helicopter flying around like Bankstown, Yaguna, um, all that sort of stuff. And if you're there for too long, they, they send out like, they let you know that you're there for too long and you need to leave. What? Yeah, legit.
2: That's That's for real?
0: Well, don't forget the army's there too. No, I wanted to ask him about that. It's crazy. So there's choppers watching you while you're exercising in the park, um, blaring messages through the speaker, and then there's fucking army. You know what's the best? The streets. You know what's it's the best ridiculous. part
2: about that? We get to we get to pay for this privilege of living in a prison oh. simulator. Our taxes pay for this. Really? Isn't that great? Yeah. How do you think the police and the army get paid?
0: Well, I just think it's great that they have something to do.
1: Because they'd be causing tyranny on the streets if they didn't. (laughs) Look, with the the army, with the army, they don't actually have much power. They're kind of just there as assistance. It's more a shell force. I think that's a show tactic more than anything else. The police are the ones that actually have power on our streets. We're not in martial law. That's slightly different. Martial law effectively means that war guns blazing where basically if there's a terrorist attack or something like that, a serious one, they might actually deploy the army and give them the powers. At this point, the army's there more. Resistance. But I'll be honest, man, in my opinion, the army's going to be nicer than the cops. The army's got better training in this area than the police do too. Riot police, I've seen a couple of the, some of the video footage from the protest, And I've seen, have you seen them before as well? They're trained a bit better, but even them right now, I don't know. I just think the army actually is probably nicer might even be more refreshing, a bit scarier though, a bit more intimidating for people. But what you're talking about in Bankstown, that brings up a whole different argument of discrimination when you're looking at 12 LGAs, who lives in these LGAs, look at the demographic of these LGAs, and then let's look at other more wealthy suburbs. And
2: Yeah, Bondi that, didn't get hit a... this hard.
1: Nah, what about the Northern Beaches when they had their little, not Northern Beaches, or whatever it was when they had their lockdown, they apparently had... Escalated police, but I know people that live there. That said, they could still walk to the other side and get out. There was nothing actually stopping them, except this apparent mandate sitting over them saying you're not allowed to lock down. There was no actual genuine lockdown. Banks down, as you said. I didn't know there was choppers flying over, but yeah, if you're there for more than an hour, mate, that's that's just disgusting in my opinion. You're outside at a park with it's whether it's running, doing you know, mid work or whatever it is. You're not a danger to anyone. It's just, that's an example of an overreach, a severe overreach. And if that's what they're putting their money into, just imagine if they put their money into something else, something that's actually more productive. It's just, it pisses me off like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, Someone said this the other day, right? And I think it's about the point, if we wanted to stop World hunger and we put the same resources into that, it'd be gone. Gone by now.
0: Yeah, that chopper's not running on A10.
1: Even if it was running on e ten, even that's pretty expensive.
0: Or right? canola oil, yeah. It's not. It's not. Um. It's an electric. Yeah, I oh, think I it's. A... At... Sorry, so, sorry,
2: after you.
1: I was gonna say, look, that, they might have some kind of stealth bloody stealth choppers going around that have some kind of energy source that we don't know of. But that's a whole new spectrum and a whole new rabbit hole to jump down.
0: Dark matter or DMT or something. Something
1: like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's um, pretty wild that because
2: I've never, I don't remember a time when they like deployed the defense force to like police people. I think it's pretty wild.
1: Well, I'm what trying do you- to think.
0: So, go on. Bro. I,
1: I actually don't remember one either, to be honest. There must be something where they brought him out, but I just can't think of anything at the top of my head. Mind you, someone who's a bit older than us might know a bit better. It, might, it must it, look, I'm sure it's happened at some point. But I, I can't recall it. Not in my lifetime, and probably, and obviously, your guys' lifetimes as well.
0: James, you're from the army. Do you know? Do you know much about what's going on with this sort of stuff? Like, do you know if they're army reserves or if they're soldiers? Or
2: um, I would need to see their unit patches because then I could sort of work out where they're from. Um, but I think it's uh, I think it's pretty crazy that they're using. Well, it's definitely like um, Samir said that. It's just a huge scare tactic, um, because for me, you send soldiers to kill people. Like that's generally what it is. Like you use soldiers on a foreign force that's trying to come
0: and attack your citizens. Yeah, not um, not Bankstown. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
1: Well, apparently these days it's very different. But yeah, there was a time where that would be the case. Look, it's just what's interesting about all this is. There wasn't as much uproar as I expected, except in these areas. But that's also probably because people in other areas just don't see it as much, so they don't care as much. Look, one of my mates lives, and he's a solicitor as well, and obviously he mentioned his name, but he lives in the Shire, and he said he saw an army walking around there. So I don't want to say it's only the LGAs. I do have information that there have been some other places, but it doesn't mean the response was equal, because if there's any, if there's places that have did hit hard, it's definitely those 12 LGA's, Bankstown being one of them, Blacktown being another, Bayside and whatnot. And to try and intimidate people into listening, that's not what Australia is meant to be. Honestly, as far as I can see and as far as I know about this country, that's not what it is and that's not what it was. But unfortunately, we're, we've been, we've acceded to it in a sense. We've let it happen. And it's that's what I find the most distressing thing. Because there have been people that have been talking about this for some time. For me, myself, I've been in criminal law for a number of years, and I've been saying the use of unreasonable force is unfair. And I've seen it in certain demographics, and certain areas. It's now just more widespread. That's the dilemma. And it's hitting more people than it was before, hence why there's more of an uproar. Now, maybe back then, if we said something, we wouldn't be in this position now. But that's hindsight. But At least I can, I can genuinely say I've been causing or speaking about this at least, what do you call it, as an unreasonable force for some time. It's not new. Other barristers and lawyers have seen the same, at least if they're in criminal law. It's now just hitting the the mainstream. And I think it's hitting a bigger section of society that previously would not have been, it wouldn't have been there for them. They wouldn't have seen it.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, because I read uh, something in the Daily Telegraph the other day. So... New South in New South Wales, um, the suicidal ideation and self harm report um, admitting to hospital went up forty seven percent from two thousand nineteen to current to two thousand twenty one. Is there anyone that can be like? Because obviously, I put them down to these like really draconian lockdowns. Um, Is do you think anyone will ever be held accountable for that?
1: At the end of this, if there is an end, there needs to be a Royal Commission into the handling of this situation for every government around the country, all state governments. I think the problem with Royal Commissions is they come after the facts. And look, they're great investigations. They're important. But will it happen? That depends on our people. But I will say this. My mates on the other side who were pro lockdown, pro how the government's handled it, have said that they support a Royal Commission into this to make sure it's going, that it was done the right way. So do I hope for it? Yes. Will I be holding my breath for it to happen quickly? No, no the government doesn't want to be held accountable for what's going on. None of the governments do, but there definitely needs to be. And there's always a possibility it's a Royal Commission held in the background. There's a report drafted and it's just ignored. But what I have noticed in the past few months is people paying a lot more attention to the law, to the introduction of acts and bills, people way before I even knew they existed and then message me and go, hey, this is happening, this is happening. And they're not full of shit. They're actually looking it up, finding it and showing me and showing other people. So people are finally accessing this information, paying attention to it and are cognizant of it. So, there is, so that gives me hope that there is a royal commission and there is some accountability because if these guys have done the right thing then, and that's proven, I'll shut up. I'm cool with that and I'm always happy to be proven wrong. But if they haven't, they need to be held accountable. A number of people have committed suicide. A number of people, as you said, have had the ideation. I'm in touch with psychologists and psychiatrists and GPs who tell me that there's a number of people who are calling them and consulting them about this but the statistics are every now and again published and one even wonders if the full statistics are published. Imagine putting that up next to the COVID statistics. I Mm -hmm. think you might have a very different overview then and people might take this slightly differently.
2: Yeah, because I I don't think that um, if you put those numbers together that the government's, um, this like heavy push of like COVID is the worst thing to ever have happened to us as a human race, it wouldn't really stand up.
0: Well, well, look, it's obvious, look, I mean, look, obviously, hospitals, the main thing was like, all right, let's lessen the impact of hospitals initially with the first lockdown and like, let's suss this out, see if it's really dangerous and blah, 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 blah. And whatever COVID does now, what it does to people and how it's affecting health, like, it's obviously not a good thing. To what degree, we don't we don't really know yet. So whatever their motive was with all this lockdown stuff, whether it's helped or not helped, I guess we don't know. But apparently, um, there was a hearing into some sort of transparency transparency um, thing where we could see the decisions that the government made leading up to um, our situation now. And this is something that happened in Parliament like a day ago. Is, is, do you know about this, Samir?
1: Nah, man. I don't know if I've missed it, but I've been pretty played out so maybe I've just missed it but you guys can fill me in
0: yeah so I've I can't remember where I saw it I I was just I I had it up just before Um, there was a a transparency hearing into basically Scott Morrison and what what his party has done Well what what the government has done Um, they have to show their reasoning and the steps they took in making these decisions and it has to be public now, which I think is a good thing.
1: Oh, look, that's definitely a good thing. In decisions like this or when decisions like this are made, there needs to be complete transparency. You are locking up the majority of all of New South Wales or at least a majority in Victoria, potentially other states soon, but other states definitely within four. You cannot work without transparency. If people know why this is happening, they will be more likely to believe what's going on, but they won't. You won't have the mental health issues either, or at least less of it, because there'll be a bigger understanding. Part of the issue is people can't pay their mortgages, they don't know how they're going to feed their families, if their business are going to fall apart or where their paycheck's still gonna be in there tomorrow or coming next week. There's that, obviously, but then there's also the fact that it's unknown. When's it gonna open up? Is it going to open up? Is it going to be a new strain that locks us down? Are we going to be doing this consistently? Snap lockdown going to be a thing forever? And why are they doing this? What data are they relying on? What's their evidence? So, that that's, so, that's,
0: so that's the thing. I think um, we've lost trust in our leaders and our government. Maybe initially um, during the first lockdown, we kind of felt like, okay, they've got our backs, this and that. Maybe, maybe we need to do this. But um, obviously, this is objective and people can make their own minds up about this sort of thing but as people do their own research and live through this sort of thing we're kind of left feeling like all right you guys are saying one thing and and then the finish line is here and then you push it a little bit further the restrictions tighten and all we get is hey you guys need to be scared and listen to us we'll save you and that's kind of all we're getting so it's kind of really hard to trust um, the government during this time. Um, oh, look,
1: I agree with that. I agree with that. That's basically the common narrative at the moment. Don't worry, we're doing it for your best interest. Don't worry, we know what's going on. We're here to help. We're here to help. That's that doesn't sound right because it's the comparisons I would make are not going to go down well. But countries like Australia aren't meant to do that.
0: Well, that's right. It doesn't. It it sounds very Marxist. It doesn't sound. It sounds very socialist. It doesn't sound very Australia. It sounds. It sounds very. Uh, it sounds very North Korea to We're me. We're getting a little taste of North Korea right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. One thing I wanted to bring up. Um. With with the major news ne- news networks, uh, Channel Nine, Channel Seven, blah blah blah. Um. Are they are they liable to, for example, now. There was a protest, um, the first big protest that happened in the CBD, there was a photo going around of a guy punching a horse. I'm, I'm sure everyone's, have you seen this photo, Samir? Yeah,
1: I definitely have, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then we look into it and actually what it is, it's a video of a man being uh, charged by a horse, so he just pushes it away, He frames away from it just to protect himself. But the photo that they put up on the Channel 7 News, it was actually an edited photo. They had Photoshopped the guy's arm to make it longer to look like he was punching a horse and uh, when I see stuff like that on the news and it's quite obvious to me what's happening, is there is that is that legal what they're doing? Can they at Photoshop a guy's arm to say that he was punching a, ho- a horse and say that's news just to keep people fighting and angry at each other? Surely there's something that's not right.
1: Yeah, defamation. That guy should go for defamation. Look, I, I know his case is still in court at the moment so I don't want to speak too much on that but in terms of what you're saying once his case is completed I think he's got defamation because defamation has a number of avenues But in that case they've doctored I didn't realize they doctored it that that's news to me I know that they took a specific angle they edited you know, that you know,
0: photo dude they lengthened his arm how crazy is that
1: That like, that's fucked that's yeah. next level fucked that's how, that's
0: how fucked I'm them. meant to trust these people bro you don't
1: you, you don't, don't trust, trust you. channel 10, 9, 7 2, SBS none of them like straight up they're probably going to come after me at some point but don't, I don't trust them Just I don't tr- watch the news
0: What about Sky News?
1: Mate, I never, ever, ever thought I'd actually have anything in common with Alan Jones, (laughs) ever. Like, I'm brown. I still remember Cronulla. I remember all this shit. My dad was caught up in this too. But I have to say, the best thing I've heard from him is if the cure is worse than the disease, I'll be doing the bloody right thing. So I'm using that line, and I credit Alan Jones for that the problem is I think they're actually look I don't trust them but they're doing better than the mainstream media at this point in time but then you have other look you have obviously you have other issues and they're not like they're not unbiased they're not perfect
0: unbiased. you know Pauline no, Hansen's not. not perfect
1: no but she's speaking so, like it's just interesting the politicians that <laughs> I find myself actually agreeing with at this point in time and you look at yourself and go fuck how did this ever happen yeah but hey it's a who knows man who, it is what it is. Take the good with the bad. I don't agree with everything these guys say. In fact, most of it I probably wouldn't. But right now, in my opinion, a lot of what they're saying is true. The vaccine passport shit, in my opinion. It's great that Latham, Pauline Hanson, Craig Kelly is speaking against Craig it. Craig
0: Kelly's yeah. awesome.
1: Is he the one When's
2: sending all those text messages out?
1: That's the only dilemma, right? I don't think that's the right way to do it either. You're going to piss people off too. And my dad got one, yeah,
0: he, actually, and and it it um he actually was happy to get it.
1: Look, in that situation, it's great. But even though I I don't mind the guy and I like what he's doing, I probably don't want to get his text. I can see who he is. My social media is full of his stuff or at least there's people posting it. The text message to me doesn't really help me. But look, for some people, it might. I'm glad your dad's happy with it. That's one of a lot of people that I know of. What he's doing is fine.
2: Yeah. And now that you've said it into your phone, it's probably all you're going to see for the next week. Yeah.
1: I wish I didn't have a smartphone at this point, right? I need to go back to the Nokia 3210 and then Un- I'll be fine.
2: Unbreakable.
1: Unbreakable. The quality's better. No more social media for a bit, but heck, at least they won't be able to track me the same as what they can with this either. So there's good things about that. But look, the media generally, and going back to what you were saying, he does have, he can do something about that and I hope he does. I he it's a good solicitor who understands defamation law and can assist him. The problem is these outlets have a lot of money and their resources. I would, If they just came out and apologised, at least, that'd be great. But no one likes admitting they're fucked up and not just fucked up. In this case, they've actually accused a guy of something he hasn't done and then doctored it to make it look worse. That's defamation territory, and they've damaged his reputation big time. But I guess he needs to deal with his other issues first. The other issue is with these people, or these networks, I should say, they're very one-sided. They don't give another side of the debate. There's just nothing there. Hence why we're looking to alternative media or smaller media outlets to do that. But a number of Australians aren't doing that. They're still tuned into these major networks. And again, I don't care what side people are on, but you need to listen to both sides. And I'm not saying you have to agree with everything. And look, there's always enough jobs on both sides. That's always going to happen. But there is the people who are closer to the middle who are trying to just get the truth out there, trying to get what's right out there. At least at least people should hear it out. Like one of my favourite tweets from Martin Kulldorf. he's a Dr Martin Kulldorf, Harvard professor. He says, instead of focusing efforts on vaccinating the vulnerable, officials obsess on compelling universal obedience, even if that means squandering vaccines on people who already have acquired natural immunity. And this is before the Israeli study came out on natural immunity as well. We need... Why isn't that in the media? It's just not. It's hidden. And he's a Harvard professor. Hasn't been discredited. He's just being pushed to the back. So I I don't trust him.
0: Well, yeah, well, we... I mean, we... Of course, we're not going to see that. I mean, we're not even seeing basic health advice. Like, I I had an argument with someone. Um, How do you expect everyone... Uh, who is sedentary to change their lifestyle uh, you know if you're not exercising it's really hard to go out and walk 30 minutes a day or start training three times a week I'm like yeah well they did it you know we did change our lifestyle we're, we're locked down we live completely different so it's, it's not hard to you know just put something in that it helped people there's obviously some sort of agenda going on
1: look you're right instead of locking everyone up there should be more focus on this stuff it, And it can't be that hard. These guys have unlimited resources. If they actually care about people, they could allow people to – they can hire the right people, hire the right mental health professionals to think about ways to give people some leniency. That's a stupid term for this, but just the first one that comes to mind. Or the ability to help with their fitness. As you said, promote walking, promote going for a run, do some exercise while you can. Just a lot of stuff they could do that they're not doing. And one has to wonder why they're not doing that when they have access to effectively unlimited resources.
2: So one thing uh, I wanted to ask you was, um, in your opinion, why do you think uh, vaccine companies get this like indemnity from governments?
1: See,
0: uh, yeah. Is that, do you mean like liability, like no liability sort of thing? Or yeah.
1: Effectively, effectively. So that's basically what's happening, right? They're, they're not liable for anything that comes off it. And one, some people saying and there is this, there, there's videos going around of vaccine injuries and of people <laughs> post up what the TGA's put up with the statistics and in vaccine injuries and stuff as well, which again are not being published and being hidden. That, that's the only thing I can ascertain out of that is that it has to be to stop these companies being liable to what it is. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't supply the vaccine. That's the other argument: that if they are held liable or can be held liable, they just won't, Pfizer won't provide the vaccines in the first place. So or it's a con-
0: it's a pure business contractual agreement then, based on liability, because a public health act like surely wouldn't allow something like that if they cared about the people.
1: I agree with that. I agree with that. If I care about the people, you can't allow that. And not only that, they've also taken liability away from doctors who administer it, but they kind of have to when they're telling doctors that you have to do it and you can't really look at any any other way. So really, that's basically what they're doing. But I think look, that's my main reasoning for it. That's what that's my opinion. Or, sorry, in my opinion, that's why they're doing it. There's probably a lot more to it in terms of what I don't know. But generally speaking... It is a commercial thing, and obviously also they want the access to the vaccines in the first place. Otherwise, they wouldn't get Pfizer, for example. Then may only get AstraZeneca.
0: So Pfizer's but, basically but, put it on them. Look, if you want this, it sounds like a bullying. Brother, tactic. you didn't get it from me. Yeah.
1: Look, it, it, but not only that, I think Pfizer offered discounted, discounted vaccines at one point too, didn't they? Like the, the profit margins are a lot less on this compared to other but their booster shots are going to cost more. It's all This is all contractual stuff, and this is mm-hmm. commercial. But We're talking about the pharmaceutical industry, which is one of, if not the biggest, industry in the world. And then you also have the argument saying that, hey, there's more money in the treatment than there would be in a cure. Now, that's a different story altogether, but at least at this point, when they have the commercial bargaining power out of, say, country and pharmaceutical company, that's what they're going to do. And imagine what they're doing to smaller countries,
0: Yeah, I should have bought Pfizer stocks. I fucked up. Pfizer,
1: Moderna. 2019. Yeah, 100%. Man. I agree.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, what can you do? Um. So, with... Now, I'm not going to ask your opinion on um, medical science to do with medication and vaccines and efficacy and all that sort of thing, but everyone's been talking about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and budesonide and... All this sort of stuff, and why studies have shown—now, um, this is just stuff I've read. You know, I've read meta-analysis. I've spoken to doctors, and they've told me that you know this stuff has been shown to work in other countries. And how come when I go to my doctor today and I ask him about it, um, he kind of he kind of gives me that like a look of terror. And um, the governments basically told them, if you prescribe this stuff, you may lose your doctor's license. Now, uh, that, that scares me, man, because we've got doctors here um, who may not be able to treat people based off not, not giving this medicine. Like, that's kind of scary stuff, dude. Like, imagine the, imagine the implications of something like this happening in the future.
1: When you are... This goes it's similar to the police here, right? When the hand that feeds you, the hand that effectively gives you your registration, whether it's APRA or the Medical Council in New South Wales for New South Wales. let's just appraise what people will know. These guys have the power, and they tell you what you can and can't do. So they've released a position statement on vaccines, which basically tells doctors how they have to administer, how they, what they can do, how they can talk about it. So a lot of doctors are scared if they go against it, they will get hammered. Obvious, there is a doctor who got taken to NCAT for posting stuff about certain treatments. I don't think it was anti-vaccination per se. Maybe it was, but it was definitely posting stuff about certain treatments. And he was hammered in NCAT, so he was basically, his yeah, like registration suspended, I believe now. Doctors so have he can't the, practice? For the time being, I'm pretty sure he's appealing it, but for the time being, very, very... Is a high-level doctor, too. We're not talking about a junior here. we talking about someone who's been in the industry for some time. There are a number of other doctors who have spoken out. There's a COVID medical network, for example, which has a bunch of doctors. And like yourselves, I've spoken to a number myself. They have very differing opinions to APRA, but they know if they say anything, one of their colleagues will dob or someone will say something, and APRA will come down on them, and they stand to lose their registration. So APRA's position statement is publicly available, and I suggest people actually go to the APRA website and find that position statement. I think it also might be my Instagram bio if I left it up there. But their position statement effectively goes on to tell doctors and health practitioners how they must treat the vaccine rollout and how they must speak about it. And they're effectively, if they're a conscientious objector, they're told, you basically have to tell the patient and where you work and all this other crap. We're talking about medical professionals who have studied and trained to be where they are, very smart individuals and organisations too. And we're telling them you cannot have a differing opinion, even though medicine and science is meant to be about evolution, learning, diversity, all this type of shit. And now you have these regulatory bodies who are jumping on their back. It's highly inappropriate. It's completely wrong. But this is why our doctors are scared of talking about it because they don't want to be hammered. Exemptions, for example, which would have been granted readily for other vaccines, are not being granted for this vaccine in particular. And that's not okay. People who have underlying health conditions, people who have had anaphylaxis, are not being granted an exemption because their doctor's too scared. Some, there's very few doctors who are brave and who are actually you know, providing it, but they have to sign off. And that certificate then has to be provided to the workplace. So you can imagine what happens to that doctor. They're basically on red alert. So they're basically so? they're
0: on sorry. the watch list.
1: Effectively, yeah. Yeah. There's a number of doctors on the watch list right now.
2: And is that also saying Oh, sorry.
1: No, no, go is on. Is that
2: is that also them saying, Well, I'm I'm gonna be liable if this person gets sick or ill from coronavirus because I've given this exemption?
1: Basically. And then they'll get, they'll hammer them too, for sure. And they'll say, I'm sure they'll come around and say, You were wrong. Bang. The funny thing is, if they get, if this person gets sick from the vaccine, it's fine. But the other way around, it's not. The hypocrisy in that is next level.
0: So, no doubt, and this is, so no doubt there's hypocrisy around um, forced vaccinations. Um, but as far as I know, um, we, we have a constitution that, um, makes it so that we can't be forced um, to take anything. So as far as I know, um, the only reason people are taking these things is because they're required to by um, their work or by New South Wales law regarding restaurants, pubs, clubs, whatever, but we can't actually be forced to take these things. Is that, does that sound right?
1: Look, the constitutional argument is currently in court someone's trying to argue that the um so the part you're talking about right that has to be tested that definitely has to be tested but mind you you're right it's not the commonwealth government that's enforcing it in fact someone sent me a letter today of which is a reply from scott morrison's office saying we're not mandating the vaccine we're not making it compulsory you have a total you have a choice this is coming from scotty morrison at in the Commonwealth Government, our Prime Minister, but exactly what you said is our state government's doing it at this current moment, and they're doing it under the guise of the Public Health Act. I believe it's highly inappropriate, but when it comes to the testing of that power under the Constitution, that is being done, that is in the Supreme Court at the moment. Whether that will succeed or not is a different story, but it is definitely being tested. There's a number of arguments that could be made, including proportionality even under the Public Health Act, for example, is a proportion to vaccinate people only from the 12 LGAs compared to the other LGAs, especially when your colleague who's working alongside you might be from a different LGA but doesn't have to get the vaccine to leave their LGA. I do think these are invalid mandates that can be proven to be that way. But unfortunately, we have to wait for the case to run its natural course and to show that because you need to think about it this way. As bad as this is, and I don't agree that it should be this way, but we're effectively we bear the onus to prove that the government's doing the wrong thing at this current moment. Practically speaking, I mean, it's like a reverse onus. So rather than them proving beyond reasonable doubt or beyond any threshold that it needs to happen, they're holding their cards close to the chest and they're saying, well, it needs to happen, so it is, so we're proving it the other way. That is completely wrong in my opinion, but that's effectively what's going on.
2: Yeah, so... Um... What are your, uh, just saying on that, what are your thoughts on, like, do you think people will have a case for, depending if that goes through or not, for, like, unfair dismissal with all these um, companies like SPC coming out and saying, all my um, all my workers will be vaccinated? Um, do you think they'll have cases for, like, unfair dismissal if there's, you know, objectors saying, no, I don't want to get it and... Why am I being forced to get it?
1: At this stage, it's industry by industry. So what they, what the companies are going to use is the mandate. And they're going to say, well, the government's mandated. It. It's not our fault. We have to do it because it's government mandated. Now, let's look at an industry. If we take that out of it and there's no government mandate, then it still comes out to the industry. If you're, in, if you're working in aged care, for example, the argument there from them is these people are higher risk, so that's why you need to have the vaccine. That's what their their argument is. You can still make an argument the other way, saying that you can still transmit regardless of your vaccination status, but that's a medical argument more than a proportionality argument at that point. The dilemma is the ombudsman from the SPC case has effectively given a four-tier system. In two tiers, or at least one, it is allowed, and they've said that mandatory vaccination is fine in the other tiers it's not allowed but they need to do a system to go by so Qantas apparently is going to try it as well and Qantas has obviously tried to place itself at the top and say that we we're all frontline workers we're in close contact i'd love to see that challenged but generally speaking if the mandate's there your employer is going to say well it's not our fault it's the government that's done it so how can you blame us And if that goes to fair work, fair work's going to say, well, it's a government mandate. Again, it's not your employer, so it's not really unfair dismissal. Hence why we need to deal with the government mandate as well. And in fact, that is a higher priority. Because it's very hard to get get your employer to be liable when a mandate's sitting on top of their head and they're going to say, well, it's what they said. If they're going beyond their own powers, there's no mandate, that's when you have an argument for it.
2: Yeah, because I saw that I don't know if many people know this, but um, it was like an amendment to the Public Health Act, I believe, that was saying that, like, there was no mention of indemnity for vaccine companies, but um, now if companies are requiring workers to get it, they can be liable. Are, are you aware of something like this?
1: I'm, I'm not aware of the full, the full facts of it, but yes, I am aware of that in some way, which basically then makes it, makes it a workers' compensation issue and takes the onus away from the government and puts it on the company. It's very odd. They're doing some very freaking odd things behind the scenes, and I'm trying to understand the reasoning for what they're doing. Is it just, we're going to force you to do it, then we're going to blame your workplaces and it's their fault?
2: Yeah, just pass on I the
1: guess buck. They pass on the buck, exactly. So the Commonwealth government's done it and passed it to the state government. State government's doing it, passing it to employers, and then, but they're also giving employers a slight, little subtle way of going, "Well, it's their fault." No, it's their fault. But with this, and you've got workers' compensation, other issues that come into play. But that's going to—it's going to be a limitation as well on what you can actually get back if there is actually an issue. So, look, it's quite stupid, and it's—it's it's nearly like they're trying to confuse the crap out of people in order to get them to be more obedient. And that again is also wrong.
0: So, um, if we look at if we look at Commonwealth Constitution, do you mean like the Commonwealth as in like um, England, the Queen, all that sort of stuff?
1: Well, no, So Australia's Constitution. Look, obviously the okay. Queen's a part of it because we are still a monarchy, and we have never become a republic. It might happen one day, but well, who look, knows? The Queen
0: the... Queen doesn't have long left to live.
1: Yeah, true, and then depending on who's going to take over, I think that's when popular opinion might sway one way
0: or the other. I, I don't so think we'll fine. have a referendum, though. I think we're too laid back.
1: That's part of the reason why we are where we are. So <laughs> exactly. we're not going to be that laid back. Should be right. Something does happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but should still be local. right. So is Dan Murphy. <laughs> yes.
2: Dan Murphy's still there. I'd,
0: mate, as long as I can get my six-pack of VBs, I don't need to go anywhere. Get a snag and a sanger.
1: And you'll be right for the next couple of uh, couple of weeks. Lifetimes. Saying, look, we really, really need to get our act together as Australians, and we need to question what's going on. Uh, this is not about tyranny. This is simply analysing, being critical, and understanding, or at least at the bare minimum, asking a couple of questions. Why is this happening? Is this really fair? Is this why are we discriminating against people? Like, we need to hold the government accountable. And I keep forgetting which Prime Minister it was said, that said it, but keep the bastards honest. We really need to. We cannot be so apathetic and laid back. Not in this. At the beach, it's fine. But when we're doing, when we're in a situation like this, there are fellow Australians that are being hurt. And what we're saying is, well, nah, suck it up, mate. It's fine. It's not. If someone's not doing well because they can't afford to pay their mortgage or feed their family, don't tell them to suck it up. It's not okay. Lockdown has caused it, not COVID at that point. It's lockdown, and this is is a policy that was implemented by our government, and they haven't done well enough to protect these people and help these people. So rather than just being so laid back about it, we need to actually, one, do something as people, question what's going on, and actually be a little bit more assertive. There are a number of people who are now, don't get me wrong, and this is why people are reading the law and saying I understand. But as a whole, I think that's been a big problem in our society and culture in general. I love Australia, but right now what it is is not what Australia used to be. And that is a problem.
2: Yeah, one of the thoughts I had um, after seeing the protests here in Sydney was I feel like the longer that lockdown goes on, um, I feel like like everyone's general animosity and hatred towards authority and police is just going to escalate. And I feel like that these protests are going to get more violent. And obviously that's going to compound like lockdown laws are going to get even harder as well
1: to kind of uh, deal with the backlash. So it becomes a, a vicious cycle again because you can't get out of the cycle. You do, you do one thing to deal with the other and they'll get worse. And they'll... Some people say it's going to get worse for us. It, better.
0: There Hopefully it doesn't.
1: I agree. I totally agree. I don't want it to get any worse. I think it's pretty bad as it is. Some people don't see it. But when you look at people's families who are falling apart and people who are doing it tough, it's pretty bad. Desperate men Sorry, yeah, 100%. desperate men you know, do yeah.
2: desperate things.
0: Well, I had um, I had that um, so I had the West Connects um, doing work outside my house past few nights till like three a.m. and I was like, you got to be joking! Like, who approved this, right? Jackhammering and all that sort of thing. And I went up there and I spoke to them and I was really pissed off. And but I went up there knowing that I was pissed off and I I knew that these were just people and they were doing their job and. They didn't they don't want to work here at eleven o'clock and I spoke to them and Yeah, they do. They're getting time, <laughs> double time and <in> a half.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're on the government's payroll. They they're chilling, they're loving yeah. it.
0: And um, it was good to have that common ground. Like well, I ended up chatting with the um the West Connects guy and the foreman for about half an hour, masks on, of course. But um it was it was really good, man, and I think we just need to have dialogue between people. I think um, everyone's covered up and anxious. Like you walk into a Coles or a Woolies and no one wants to look at each other anymore. It's kind of weird. Not that they did anyway, but um, I think we just need to... So do you just stare at
2: people at Coles? Yes. Okay, cool.
0: That's why I go to Coles.
2: That's why why I never go there when you're there.
0: Yeah. Um, I think we just need to talk to each other. Um, Talk to to everyone, man. No, we're
1: not allowed to right now. Unless it's by a Skype or phone call. We're not technically (laughs) allowed to do it at the shops. Remember that.
2: Are we not allowed to talk to people? No, remember what no. Kelly Grant said or whatever, Dr. Kelly Grant. Chant. She's Dr. like chant. Chant. uh chant or whatever. Um it's like if if you see your friends at the supermarket, now is not the time to talk to them. So now they're just gonna like police who we talk to as well. Far out. Sign language
1: Oh, that game. happens literally speaking, police stopping people talking. No that's not even a joke. Damn. It's actually literally
0: happen. So sign language this... elitists are gonna rule the world
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. At that point, it, no, you can call them up after you leave, and oh, I saw you at the shops and in the car going away. It was great. I say <laughs> yeah, yeah. hello to you because I wasn't allowed to. Mother Vera said, it. <laughs> "This is part of the issue, right? If, if someone has a conversation, you can't go to their house. You can't. You can basically potentially meet at a park by accident to and exercise together. But it's just, it's very draconian to use that phrase. Very draconian." It doesn't make sense, and this is again why it seems like the cure is worse than the disease at this point. It's just making issues worse, and hence people are getting more and more affected by this, and they're not doing well. But I would love to see the, what – what is chance evidence behind that, behind chatting in the shops or saying hello? Like is that just a, oh, no, I said don't do it, so don't do it? Or is there any actual genuine evidence behind it? Nothing's been shown to the public. Basically, I think they're thinking is you seem to stop them doing it and there's less chance that there'll they'll be like a congregation effectively.
0: Divide and conquer. But
1: pretty much. Pretty much. And this is what's happening now. This is why you have this vax versus anti-vax when fucking most people who are saying they don't want the COVID vax are not anti-vax. They've been vaccinated all, all through their life with everything that's been required of them up until this certain point yet they're being called anti-vax. It's a fucking misnomer. It doesn't make sense. But that's what happens when you don't actually, when you're not using, you're not critically analysing what you're saying. You're just basically throwing out the first thing. That's what racism is. Half the time, or at least most of the time when it comes to racism, you see something, so you say something derogatory based on what you see. not the, Apart from that, no, no other basis. And here... It's a similar thing. You hear one thing, just one opinion or one part of it. Oh, you must be an anti-vaxxer. Mm. So people now have to basically caveat that they say, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. They shouldn't have to. And then what do you get from the other side? Oh, every anti-vaxxer says I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Well, if you fucking weren't such an idiot in the first place, maybe people wouldn't have to say that, right? If you gave them a little bit of respect and heard them out, you wouldn't have to go to that point.
0: It... Well, well, unfortunately...
2: Sorry, James. Uh, it's, um, it's definitely it's sort of that anti-vaxxer. It's like I'd, I'd call it a slur now because it's, it's definitely being used like that racism, um, like calling someone a racist to shut them up.
1: just mm. saying, It's just, look, what it's the easiest thing for people to say and apparently it discredits you. That's it. You're an anti-vaxxer. We don't want to listen to you anymore. It's just so simple.
0: Well, James has had more vaccines than anyone. Like, you can tell by just looking at him. And um, he's not particularly anti-vax, but you, I take it you, you're not a fan of the COVID vaccine, James? No, um, definitely not. Because, like, say,
2: um, the Pfizer just... Because the gold standard um, is approval from the FDA. And it only just got approved.
0: Like, just pretty recently. Um, it's... There's no, I mean, I'm scared. I'm just going to be straight up. Like from what I've seen, from what I've heard anecdotally and been around um, and also the statistics too, um, fuck man, I want to put something in my body that could potentially kill me or, or leave me paralyzed or blood clotting and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, fuck, if, if no one's going to accept liability for that, it's, it's terrifying. And, and surely, like, is that, is that a human rights issue, and and what do we what do we do about that? Obviously, like there's a there's a hearing happening in court. Is yeah.
1: Look, I think it, I think it is a human rights issue. I think a lot of what's happening right now is a human rights issue. This is people will argue the other way, and I'm fine with that. But when it's coerced vaccination, for example, going back to the 12LGAs, you don't have a choice, otherwise you can't go to work. That's a human rights issue to me. The fact that there is no choice about this because your kids may not be able to go to school. That's a human rights issue. This is, these are genuine human rights issues. If this case succeeds, the problem is it's in the Supreme court. There's four solicitors or sorry, three different law firms and a self rep guy. If this case, these cases succeed, the government's going to appeal it to the high court either way. So it's not just a quick road ahead. However, if they do succeed, hopefully they can get an injunction once on the way to the High courts. so at least it can be stopped for the time being. The problem we have in certain areas is you have a couple of weeks left. And this is why I really suggested to people that they try and hammer their MPs and say, extend the time. It's unfair to force people to vaccinate by the 19th when this case is going to the, on the 30th of September. They can always try and do it another way and lodge, you know, kind of get exemptions or buy time, but that's probably not going to work. I just wish this case started quicker, but it didn't. It is what it is. For the people in 12 LGA's, they can go to NCAT or something along those lines, which is what we were looking at doing at one point. And we're still looking at it, but the time factor and money, because court costs money. But it's really hard to tell people to do. They're in a very difficult position. Some of them, some people have said they're going to take leave and just wait and see. But they're hinging their hopes on what happens on the thirtieth of September. For people who are in the as LGS, it's a bit different because they can hold on a bit longer, and it's easy to tell their employers you need to give us some time. But when the government's controlling it, it's a little bit different.
0: So who do we? Who are our leaders? So someone like me, for example, um, you said hammer your MPs. So when when work's being done on the West Connects at three a.m. in the morning, or um, My government and my sector is forcing me, coercing me into taking a vaccine. Like, who do I talk to? Like, so I talk to the member of whatever, Bankstown, Stratfield, Ashfield, Bondi. Like, how does that work exactly? Like, how do people get in touch with their local MPs and and how does that all work?
1: So, this is where you jump on Google and one time I'll give you some credit here. But you can basically find it. If you go to Parliament New South Wales, there's member details if you just Google like your parliament, South Wales member details or find a, find your MP, it will take you there. So for Bankstown, I think it's Miss Tanya. I cannot pronounce the last name, but M-I-H something. You get the details about that. She's got an email. She's got a, so she's a shouted minister for natural resources. She's an Australian Labor Party member and she's a member for Bankstown. So she, her address is here, phone numbers here. Her email is parliament.nsw.gov.au and you can email to her and then everyone else can do the similar thing. You can call the office, which they probably won't pick up, but if they do, leave a message saying this is what we want and just say, look, guys, you know there's a case on in a couple of weeks. Hold off. This We find also make sure you tell them that this is discrimination, that our LGA has to vaccinate in order to leave for work and just put it to them. But the biggest issue we have, unfortunately, right now, is it seems like the Labor and Liberal Party are on the same page here. So when they are, are they likely to care? Mm. And this is the problem we have with the two-party state when they're both on the same page. It'll be really interesting to see what happens in the next, next election. But at that point, if they genuinely give a shit about us, they should be saying, look, it's a, this is an issue we should hold on to. We need to wait. We cannot force people to do it. So maybe we should take it to parliament. We should take it to our, the New South Wales leader, Labour Party leader. We should take the Gladys and say, Hey, look, hold on. Just, just wait a couple more weeks. It's not going to kill you. Like just give it a couple of weeks, see what happens and go from there. But it sounds more like they want to coerce us into doing it. So then this is where people are forced to make a choice. Do they stand down? Do they just keep going to work anyway? Some employers have said in a credit to them that they're not going to ask. But then the issue is what happens if the cops stop you on the way? So there's that. I think a lot of these fines can probably be fought. And I think this is where it can happen. But It's just much easier if the court rules one way and the mandate's deemed to be invalid in the first place. That would be much better for everyone. Mm. The dilemma is with any court case could go either way. I know... Some people think it's a strong argument. Some people don't. I think in my I think it needs to go to the high court quickly. This is Constitutional decisions should be made by the high court. I can't see a Supreme Court making that, single-judge Supreme Court. And even if these guys succeed, it's going to be appealed. If they don't, it's probably more likely in the Supreme Court they're going to go to the high court. Will they get an injunction? I hope they do and buy people some more time. I haven't seen all the particulars, the pleadings, and all the arguments, so I can't say how strong it is. I'm kind of just hoping these guys have their stuff sorted. They've managed to raise money to start it. And I hope, because a lot of people are hinging their hats on this, or hinging their bets on this. So one can only hope they've done the right thing. But from what I've been told of the directions hearing the other day, there were people that were happy, people that weren't happy. But one thing you can say is 50 odd thousand people tuned in. So obviously there's a lot of interest in it. And the way I look at it is it doesn't matter which side of the spectrum you're on. Whether you're 100% anti-every vaccination in the sun, under the sun, or whether you're that person that says, if they're saying no, tie them up and jab them in the arm anyway. You need to know what you're doing is valid by law, by constitution, and it's the right thing to do. If it succeeds, the other side doesn't really have a leg to stand on anymore. But It should be tested. It needs to be tested. Unfettered power is never a good thing.
0: I, um, I just pulled up that, um, I just Googled the parliament New South Wales and I just found all the MPs and it was really easy. So guys, if that's something that you, that's something you guys should do, everyone listening, just get on there and know who they are and get onto that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, something I realized as well, um, I guess they've... I noticed this after the last lockdown when they started giving JobKeeper and JobKeeper and all that sort of stuff. It seemed like they tuned up the speed cameras a little bit. So they went from... They'd hit you at about 47. Now they hit you at about 45. And now they, interesting because... And now oh, they're hitting no. you at about 43.
1: Yeah, see, and this is... The issue with these speed cameras is... Because people have asked me, what weapons be we taken to court? They're taken as right, basically. Speed cameras are taken to be gold standard and whatever they measure is correct. So if you take it to court, you basically, it's it's what we called effectively strict liability. You're done. You have to prove this camera was wrong. And they're going to show that, oh, no, the camera did this, the camera did that. It was, it was accurate. So, again, you're kind of just believing the government and all of us doing these checks that the cameras are accurate. But at 43 kilometres, if it's a 40-kilometre zone, 63, that's not okay. There should be a higher level or it should be more give in that. 67 in the 60-kilometre zone, it's about Fair 10%. Just over the yeah, you can deal with that. 60, anything under 65, it's just plain wrong. Plain wrong. But then I wonder who can – like, I actually don't know who made that decision to do that. Is it just to raise more money? Probably
0: of course. Three. Well, they have to. they have to get the money back, right? from all the job keeper and job seeker,
1: Get it back this way and through alcohol. That's why they're keeping Dan Murphy's open. 100%. So, <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You get fined, you go home and drink more because you're fucking depressed and you just keep doing it. Again, you're stuck in that cycle. This, so Regardless, again, of what stance you take, how is that okay? 63 kilometers. Who hasn't accidentally gone slightly over? Yeah. Who drives under 60 or the 100 kilometers up? Who the fuck Well, guys,
0: be, be careful as well because I know p- kids aren't in school right now. Um, most kids aren't in school but the skills, school zones are still on. So, Hey, exactly that's, right. that's, that, true. that's if how you make sign, money. If the sign's on, you will get fined. So don't think just because kids aren't in school and not crossing the street that you won't get fined for going 50 in a 40 zone.
1: That's on so Even like people free dates, you still get fined in those days.
2: Government's got to make their money.
0: I'm
1: um But, but as the proper assistance as status
0: What about um what about old Scomo going uh going for a Father's Day flight the other day in a private a jet?
1: Critical, absolute bullshit, and I cannot believe he did that.
0: Well I this guy's um worry. this guy's off his head, man. I thought he was like he made he, he made one or two mistakes back in the day with the bushfires and then I thought, all right, he's... that, that Hawaiian holiday was essential. Yeah, like, all right, fair enough. You, you, you fuck up once. But I, I I don't think he gives a shit. I think he's off his head, this bloke.
1: Well, I think that's right. I don't think he actually does care. No. Maybe he knows he's going to lose in this election. I don't know. Or maybe he just knows someone's going to take over from the Liberal party. I don't think he cares. What he did, what he did is so inappropriate. And then yet we're getting the media hammering people who are at the border and having a mini-fathers-day get-together. Outdoors, outdoors. And this guy flies across states. People have had their parents and loved ones pass away and not been able to get an exemption to travel. And this guy does it for fucking Father's Day. I honestly insane. shame on Scott Morrison. It is insane. I don't get Like, that's the biggest privileged attitude I've ever heard. Yes, he's an essential worker because prime minister. I'm not arguing that, but come on. Even out of your fucking own morals and ethics, look into that. He's apparently religious. So think about what you're doing to everyone else and the privileges you are now. Well, apparently for everyone else, right? We we don't have these freedoms. Everything's been taken away. For him, it's like, do whatever the fuck I want because I'm an essential worker. Why is going back on Father's Day essential for him but no one else? If he gave like a random, just said to everyone, look, I'm doing this, but I understand on Father's Day I'm gonna allow some kind of gathering outdoors and things like that. I'd respect that a bit more. Okay, mate. At least you fucking thought this one through for once in your life. But what he did was so inappropriate, I cannot speak higher of how much I dislike what he did. I think it was disrespectful and to slap in the face of Australians everywhere.
0: Yeah, I um I feel like we haven't like when's the last time we voted in a leader. I, I feel like I feel like um I feel like they're just kind of getting cycled through. It's kind of weird. I remember Kevin Rudd being voted in. Um He didn't even do a full term, did he? I think I did think he, get- he said sorry and then Julia Gillard stepped in. Yeah. And then since then it's just been a revolving door.
2: Yeah, I think African African countries have more stable governments than we do.
0: Yeah, and hope and currencies. Yeah. I don't know if, if I don't know if ours is gonna last that long with all the um handouts. Um Mate, what,
1: they're, they're, I hope they have some strategy behind this rather than just trying to find people.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I think Dari's alcohol and fines, I think that's the Australian way. Yeah. So what do we do as essential workers or as um people, partners, fathers? Boyfriends, husbands with or wives, daughters, with family members who are essential workers. How do we protect ourselves?
1: Protect ourselves from what exactly are you talking about?
0: How do how do we how do we keep our jobs and let's say for example we don't want to take the vaccine or we're being forced to and we might lose our job? What what do we do? Like what what steps do these people need to take?
1: So I guess part of it comes down to what LGA they're in. Because the mandate is hitting 12 LGAs in specific. It also depends on industry you're in. My opinion, you get together as many people in your industry or profession that are not, they don't have to be unvaccinated, but they who are more open to the discrimination aspect. And that's equality, essentially, or freedom of choice in this regard. When you have that, because power is going to be in numbers here, when people, For example, if the health industry got together or fitness industry gets together and says, hey, look, I'm not okay with this. There shouldn't be any forced vaccination. Speak to your unions, speak to your representatives, speak to your employers, gyms. You make that well and clear. You make it loud, loudly known and well known. It's about getting together. It's about getting numbers. If one person speaking out, for example, in a certain industry is not going to do anything, they're just not going to care. Even if you take a case to court, it makes it a little bit harder. But look, you can argue the constitutional basis, but if you get a number of people together, it makes it a lot stronger. Just imagine what would happen if the gyms just refuse to open up. Like there's two ways: you either open up to everyone or just refuse to open up altogether. When gyms open, and say no, we're not doing it. Or look for gyms, it might be a bit harder, but there's other industries. Cops walk off the job. You said we're not doing it. We're striking. Truckies obviously did it or tried to do it. There's a number of ways it can be done. There's discussion that can be had, but it's about getting both sides. Like it's about getting that middle ground because we shouldn't be telling anyone, do not vaccinate. And likewise, they shouldn't be telling us mm. or this side you, you need to do it. And if we can find that middle ground, that's where we need to be. And if we can find that, we're going to get bigger numbers. People understand this is blatant discrimination and that's where we form together and actually tell our MPs this is bullshit, because our MPs have to listen to what we're saying.
0: That's Otherwise, Craig, Craig
1: Kelly's party might actually sweep the floor next
0: time. Let's go, Craig Kelly. Um, guys, contact your local member of parliament. Uh, get active. Get, get talking. We'll learn sign language or something so you can communicate to people. Um, we don't have to give up. All right, keep fighting for what you believe in. Whether you want to take a vaccine or don't want to take a vaccine, just look after yourself. This is a human rights issue and a discrimination issue. And I hope we can get through this together without too much more damage and stay safe, guys. Thank you so much for your time, Samir.
1: Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man. Great talking to you. Have a good one, brother.
1: Cheers, man. Catch you later.